Hillary Clinton won the coin toss before tonight's first presidential debate. Begs the questions, how many six-figure speeches did Bill Clinton have to make in order to secure that victory? And how many murders were committed? Trump versus Hillary starts now! You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Oh, that's right! It was fight night at Hofstra University. Welcome to Trump versus Hillary. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TrumpHillary16. If you're watching live on YouTube right now, make sure you join us in the chat room and share our comments. We'll get to you a little bit later in the show. I'm Christian Blatt at ChristianDMZ. To my immediate left, a little closer than I'm used to having him, Stephen Helmkamp at Stephen Helmkamp. And there's a safe distance between Stephen and Drexel, because, oh, careful, uh, at Drexel Heard on the Twitter. And of course, down at the end, Chelsea Galicia, at Chelsea Galicia. Our uh, other panelist, Scott Moore, at S-Man 80, he'll be joining us via phone in a little bit. We'll also have another special guest via phone, which I'll let Stephen talk about when we get to it. Yep. But first, I want to go briefly down the, pa- the panel, <laughs> see what people thought, just sort of an overall... Uh, you know, you can you can say who you thought won, but I feel like you're able to isolate some things that each candidate did well. And the way we do things over here, ladies first. Chelsea, your thoughts? Well, thank you. I was pleasantly surprised that it was not as boring as I was expecting. First few minutes, I thought it was going to be. I, was, I started to, like, check baseball scores <laughs> and too. stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. This debate was very hyped. And then, in contradiction to that, everybody's saying this is going to be a snooze fest. Everybody's going to be on their best behavior. Don't have high expectations of a really entertaining evening. And then, within 12 minutes, I was, like, so happy that I was actually wrong about that. Yeah. So it was... Uh, for, for me, it was 16 minutes. But see, you know, so you got interested a little bit earlier than yeah. me. So that's I good. knew something was going to be good the first time that uh, Trump interrupted Lester Holt. And I knew that was, that was the moment <laughs> right. that I knew that this was going to go uh, well for television, I should say. <laughs> good theater, as it were. Drexel? I'll let Steven answer first. Oh. Because, um, oh, a little ping know. pong, a little less. Is this more of the ladies first? Yes, that absolutely. I Not cool, bro. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I thought this this uh, this boxing match was definitely hyped up like to, to be a boxing match, like Manny Ow. Only in America, y'all. Floyd Mayweather. But um, I actually thought it was going to be really tame, too, and it definitely started out that way. But certainly we saw it heat up, and I was pleasantly surprised as well. I mean, I was pretty content with what both sides did. Um, I didn't hear anything surprising, and I wasn't anticipating to. But all in all, I thought it was a pretty solid debate. I think we got a lot of ground covered. Drexel? I thought, uh, well, first of all, I was going to say that uh, I'm really glad that Trump's business in Charlotte is his one black friend, because that's how <laughs> I felt. And uh, But I think overall... Are you going on record saying I you am. are not Trump's I am one not black Trump's friend? One okay. black, I am not his African-American. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> I thought... Uh, Omarosa? But, uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, I thought overall the debate was, uh, you know, I, I can't really call it a debate, because there was not an exchange of ideas. Um, But I thought overall, you know, they both stayed pretty calm and it was fine. Right. Well, I thought it was most interesting when uh, Trump started actually being a little bit more Trump-like and clearly Hillary had been coached, and I'm not saying she couldn't come up with these ideas on her own, but her team agreed that the way to do it is you start gradually chipping away at things that you know are going to bother him, things that he has to respond to, like the loan from your father. That was the first time where there was a little crack, and he, so he, like, he needs to correct things. And he went through the debate needing to correct things that for his sake, he probably should have left untouched, which we'll talk more about it. But uh, I think he definitely landed some some great shots at her, things that are definitely weaknesses, concerns that people have. Uh, unfortunately for the Trump people, he opened himself up with a lot of those things. You know, he brings up the idea that the, the uh, Hillary Clinton 2008 campaign started the birther movement. But then you're setting yourself up to be criticized for basically being the person who took the torch and ran for four years between Olympics holding the birther torch. He actually takes that proudly, though. He said he was proud to be the one to have Obama actually produce his birth certificate. Right. He's very proud of it, and that's why he shouldn't talk about it, because to most people, that's 
those you know that's a fringe issue that's the crazy sort of you know racist issue I'm not even going that far but yes people do definitely consider it to be racist and to be so proud of it is not something that's going to help you in this forum not with logical people here's the thing Donald Trump was proud of a lot of things that he shouldn't have been proud of tonight but the fact of the matter is is that when the Obamas hit the trail like they did a couple of weeks ago they're going to continue to hit the trail over the next few weeks and something tells me that they're going to try to bring up the fact that Donald Trump has carried that torch for so long, and I don't think that that's going to boil over well for Donald Trump uh, when it comes to swing voters, and and certainly not African Americans. Uh, you know, you can't bring up uh, stop and frisk in, in in talking about race relations and think that the African American community is going to back you at some point, or the Latino community, or pretty much any minority community. Uh, so I think it's going to or be anyone a, that understands how the law right. works. Right, and so I, I think that that at a certain point uh, he's going to lose on that issue. Um, when it comes to that, when they start hitting the trail uh, two and three times a week. Uh, great points. And what we now want to do is we want to uh, bring our guest on, and it's a uh, an associate of Mr. Stephen Helm. We have so a very special guest <laughs> calling in tonight. He is a uh, pro-Trumper. He has volunteered at many of the campaign rallies. He's an attorney in Palm Beach, the second home of Trump, for his famous club Mar-a-Lago. His name is Christian Cribs. He's uh, joining us tonight on the phone. Christian. I, I remember Christian Cribs from the uh, chat room, and I don't remember our exchange, oh. but I do remember that I said I liked your name, but uh, not sure about much else. But Christian, welcome, <laughs> welcome to, to the show. The show. So uh, give us your thoughts on how the debate went. And uh, obviously, as a guest, you don't have to look for good things that uh, Hillary was able to do. But if you do feel like there's anything that she did that surprised you, uh, please let us know. We'll we'll give you a couple of uninterrupted minutes. At least we'll try, Drexel. Unlike most Democrats, I am in the middle when it comes to common sense. And I do think that tonight was a pretty fair match between the two of the candidates. I think that Donald put his points out. I think that Hillary also countered him pretty well also. I don't think that tonight will make a huge change in the polls, which is wonderful for me because he's ahead. Uh, your UCLA poll, which, you know, we, California is absolutely hopeless. Um, he's ahead four points. He's been ahead seven points. But, um, you know, we're, we're, ahead in the UC, we're ahead in the UCLA LA polls. I don't believe any of these polls, by the way. I've never met a supporter that is going to vote for Hillary Clinton besides, well, I've never met Drexel or the... Well, you do live in Palm Beach, my man. Who, is, who, by the way, is wonderful and beautiful, but... I have never actually met someone in my life that is voting for Hillary Clinton, so these polls I'm not so sure of. <laughs> but I do think I do think that each of them held their own, and I think that each of them did a good job. Uh, Hillary, I think, admitting to mistakes and error in her emails to 100 and potentially 120 million people tonight was a mistake. Uh, most of us don't do the research that you and I have done in this campaign, and we don't keep up with the campaign the way that the rest of America does. A lot of voters, unfortunately, are uninformed. And for her to announce in front of 120, 120 million people that she made a mistake and she shouldn't have done it, I don't think worked well for mm-hmm. her, and I think people are going to research. Uh, I think Lester Holt, who I know, uh, great friends with Matt Lauer, NBC, nothing but Clinton. I like Matt. Lester Holt, not so much. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I don't think he cut the tonight. I think that he was slow. I think that he admitted at the end of the debate that he didn't get to what he wanted to get to. Um, there's a couple things. I wrote five or six things down where Hillary said that she's going to help small businesses. She surely hasn't. NAFTA was a disaster. NAFTA has sent jobs out of this country. Ohio, Pennsylvania, Missouri. Well, let's uh, sorry, ca- sort of tick off the five things on your list, you know, just sort of get get to the, the, the meat of each bullet point, Christian. Sure. Uh, well, Trump said something so great, and I think that it was the best thing, the best line of the night. You've been doing this for 30 years and you've done nothing, and now you have a, now you have a plan. 30 years of absolutely nothing. <laughs> her husband's proven to be a failure and a cheater, by the way. <laughs> Uh, 30, 30 years of absolutely nothing. The woman has to stop pandering to black The secretary. When I, on, when I heard her on the black radio show say that she keeps in her, in her purse hot sauce. I mean, how bad does that get? <laughs> if Donald Trump said that, he'd be called a racist. It's absolutely I unbelievable. Agree. 
he thinks that she can help the black community. The black community has suffered under absolutely disgusting circumstances because of Democrats. We have issues in North Carolina, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in Ferguson, in Wisconsin because of Democratic-controlled cities. It's disgusting to me. And this man who has proven to run a business who has started with a small loan, and it's a small loan for Manhattan, by the way, of $1 million, has turned it into billions of dollars. Uh, our uh, our esteemed uh, colleague Drexel Hurd has a point he'd like to raise. If you I, 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 I will I will let I love you. Drexel. I love Drexel, but Drexel, I got I never met you, but I got I got to tell you, you know, Drexel, uh, Trump calls Hillary crooked Hillary. I call you denying Drexel. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're not crooked, Drexel. I I, I will I will uh, uh, take that. Um, but finish your points, and then well, I'll, I'll continue. I think you had something in response to her opinion. I actually have a few points, okay. but uh, I, I will let him finish. I'm ready for you. All right, go ahead and uh, go ahead and finish, Christian, and then we'll no, let Drexel. No, no. I'm ready for Drexel. Okay, he's, he's ready for <laughs> it's Drexel time. All right, let's go. Um, listen, I, I appreciate I appreciate the, listen, Christian. I appreciate the fact. And Christian, that we can't hear you very well, so we'll just uh, sort of we'll right. we'll sort of go to you when there's you know a moment, a pause, or whatever. So if you talk over, you'll probably get drowned out, which Stephen can relate to. Anyway, Drexel. Uh, well, uh, first of all, I appreciate the fact that uh, I, I appreciate the nickname. I wish it was a better nickname. Um, <laughs> However, uh, <laughs> uh, I will just deny that nickname. Um, however, there are a few points, you know, as they always say, people are uh, entitled to their opinions, but not their own facts. Uh, the fir- first of all, I would like to point out that uh, the- Hillary Clinton said the hot sauce in her bag comment long before she was asked that question a few years ago. So that has already been like, boop, put it in a corner somewhere and, and lock it up and throw away the key. The second point that you, second, I, I, okay, you had your time. The second point that you, the second point that you had, the second point that you talked about uh, were black communities in uh, extremely Republican states. You named Oklahoma, you named North Carolina, and you named, uh, and, and we talk about Detroit, which is actually a, a Michigan, uh, which is a Republican-controlled state. So if you want to talk about where the black community is failing, it is because Republican policies from the top at the state level are not pumping the money back into the cities, inner cities, back into the schools, back into low-income voters. So if you want to talk about that, then let's talk about where the money is coming from and where the money is not going to. So that has nothing to, so if, if Democrats are trying to scramp, uh, scramble around money, it's because Republicans aren't putting that money back into their cities. The other point that you make was Donald Trump's loan, his $1 million loan, was actually $15 million. Very small loan. Very, Very small but, but you're talking about fourteen. You're talking about $15 million in loans over a that course died. of a time. Well, but, here, but again, let me, inter- let me interrupt both of you, actually, because here's the thing. So this is probably interesting to the audience. So you, Christian, you say that it's a $1 million loan. You, Drexel, say it's a $15 million loan. So when I hear that, I don't know what to think. You know, I'm sure that one of you is closer to being right than the other, but I don't think intentionally, I don't think intentionally either one of you is being right. Uh, Chelsea has something to chime in, and then I we'll just, let Drexel finish his point. I did look this up before we got started. Sure, so did I. So what's on the record is that um, he testified in 2007 in a deposition that he borrowed $9 million against his future inheritance when he encountered financial difficulties. And then the Wall Street Journal reported that a 1985 casino license document showed that Donald Trump owed his father and father's businesses about $14 million. Okay, so, so that, that sounds that like multiple. Yeah, so that's not one loan. So that's multiple loans over time. Right, so Christian, what I think you're saying, the $1 million loan to get started, he then borrowed more money. That's what I'll take away from that. Absolutely famous. They're absolutely famous for holding success against people. If someone has an opportunity, if either one of you on that panel had an opportunity to borrow money, to turn it into a billion-dollar, multi-billion dollar company, you would have all done it. No, well, I... So we cannot hold something <laughs> no. against... Well, sure. Million-dollar loan was in 1975, right. Hang on one right? second. Hang, hang on, Christian, because we can't really hear you when everyone else is speaking. Chelsea, your point, and then we'll let Stephen talk. There's a couple of them. If the money, it's been shown, if the money that he got would have just been put into an index fund, it would have been much bigger than it currently is. Absolutely so he's not... not what? More than true. billions of dollars? More than a billion... Yes. Multi-billion dollar okay. company. Well, I don't want to get too hung up on this point. So, is there what index right, fund is that? Talk about Mar-a-Lago really quick because there. I don't think he got into it quick enough. And that uh, well, I don't need to talk. I don't, I don't, I don't need to talk to about his. I don't need to talk so, about his and, golf. And, and I, it's golf definitely course. about yeah. switching this argument to you know. D- 
bad-mouthing or not um, or, or talking badly because somebody starts off successful. That's not what this is about. The issue was the size of the loan. And a loan of $9 million or $14 million is not a small Doesn't loan to matter. most Americans. Right. I understand that maybe in the Manhattan real estate world, Palm Beach. that might be considered a small loan. I mean, a loan of a million dollars isn't a, Not to me. I, you know, I, I don't want to borrow a million dollars from somebody. So when he what uses you, the word small loan and he's telling that to the American okay. people, it just shows that he's out of touch with the American right. people if he thinks a million dollars Stephen, is $9 one million quick point for you, and then we'll let Drexel finish, and we're going to let Christian Christian Cribs, stop interrupting. Christian Cribs, we can't hear you when you talk. So, so please taking stop. a million-dollar loan when you're in, in 1975 is much different than taking another nine million against your future inheritance yeah. ten years later. That's okay all, if he's if he's doing deals on the magnitude in the millions. There's but, nothing wrong with that. And he has that's that available. That, 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 he's he's turning into a multi-billion-billion-dollar company. We don't actually know that. First of all, his financials show that his income right. last year was six, almost seven hundred million dollars. You can go on and run for president, and you fill out your own financials. According to Fortune magazine, look at his real estate. Real estate. Okay, you can use the set value so, of real estate around the world. The All right, everybody here in the studio, hang on one second. For Chelsea, debt. Chelsea, hang on. So, uh, Christian Cribs, I'm going to let you finish up your point because it is very hard to hear you, and then we're going to let you go. Uh, but we'll be happy to have you on another time, maybe on a, a Skype or a landline or something. But it's very hard to hear you. So. Uh, what we've just said in the last few minutes, I know you've been trying to chime in, and I want to give you a chance to respond to those things uh, before we let you go. Everybody has an American dream, whether that American dream fortunes you a dollar or a million or nine or $14 million. God bless you. This is the American dream. We're in America. Thank God we are in this country. Now, I want to go to Mar-a-Lago because they talked about race. And I think that the issue with race and uh, the African-American and the Latino culture in this country is very important. Donald Trump has a club here, Mar-a-Lago, I know all the time, great, wonderful wines, great sea bass. We have a club <laughs> that he owns here that accepts blacks and Jews. Oh, well, they're the just the, on the top of things down in Mar-a-Lago. The, the club across the street. No blacks and no Jews. The club up the street. No blacks and no Jews. Mm-hmm. He could have followed suit. If this man was a racist guy, he wouldn't have taken a photo with Rosa Parks. He wouldn't have taken a photo with Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. These people were up his alley because they liked him. He runs for president. All of a sudden, he's racist. It's the Democratic way. You label someone as racist, that's the only thing they have. Look at the photos. Rosa Parks. Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, the biggest race pimps in America, were Donald Trump's friends. Don King as well. Uh, Don, admit, Don King could be uh, characterized as racist <laughs> by some people. Someone in the <laughs> chat room pointed out, Christian, they wanted to point out the fact that... You must, uh, you, you okay, must I'll you let you finish your point. He accepted people into his club. The club across the yeah. street and the club down the street would not accept Right. Well, Christian, we appreciate we appreciate you taking some time to uh, talk to us today. But as I said, it is a bad connection. Don't anybody in the chat room think I'm cutting him off because of what his opinions are. It's very hard to communicate with the people here in the studio and also with him. So, uh, like I said, Christian, Hillary Clinton cut me off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it. It's it's the uh, it's the NSA. They've got a, they've got <laughs> taps on your phone. But uh, we would we would Crooked love to hand. have you on a a, a hard line, as they say. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for your time. Is there anywhere that uh, people can find you online, or uh, do you want to send them to DonaldJTrump.com? On the face on the Facebook, I won't accept you, Christian Cribs. On Twitter, I will accept you at Christian Cribs, K R I B B S. And we're going to make America great again, whether you like it or not. All right, thank you. And um, I, I don't know, I'm for America being great again. And before we uh, get to uh, some of the points that we're trying to make, so uh, we can we can say goodbye to this Skype guest, and then we will be bringing Scott Moore on uh, momentarily, if you don't mind dialing him up in the booth, uh, because he's he's part of our little cast of characters. Uh, before I uh, get back to, I, I know, Drexel, you were trying to make some points. I just felt like it was sort of easier to take the bad phone connection off the table. Uh, Revenant Plague, in the chat room said 
They were both garbage. So I, I jotted that one down because uh, I liked the, how succinctly he put that. Um, I don't know that. I don't know that most people agree with you, but I yeah, do love the name Revenant way. Plague. I don't. I don't want to know the story. I just. I just like the combination. Drexel, you've been you've been uh, chomping at the bit to speak I, more. I, you know, I think it was more than a bad connection. It was more like a bad. Well, I'm saying everything. legitimately, it was really hard to hear. It, I, so that's no, why I'm, I'm saying that it was more of a just a bad fact. Thing, uh, listen. I mean, I don't even know what else to call it. So here's the thing. I, I want to point out the the, the 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 beginning of what he talked about, with, which was what he thought was Hillary's biggest mistake, which was um, admitting a mistake. I think that a grown up admits when a mistake happens. And I think that had she been asked that question and she did not answer it in the way of admitting a mistake, it would have been tenfold worse. She refuses to take accountability. Right. So I think so I think that it's a it's a lose lose situation. Hold that thought, Drexel, because joining us on the phone, Scott Moore at S Man 80. Welcome to the show that you're hey, a part of, Trump versus Hi. Hillary. What's up, Scotty? Scott, we're sort of going through some of the finer points. I'm gonna let Drexel tie up what he says and then we're gonna ask you yep. what you thought about the debate. So um, hang on. And 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 just since I'm the only black person on the panel Wait, really? Um, I know. I hadn't it's noticed. I don't shock. see race. I don't know, I'm not bro. such a shock. You see me in the club, I, I dude. think that... <laughs> <laughs> I hope I never see you in the club. <laughs> What the the just because you take a you know again just because you take a picture with a black person does not mean you are not racist. are not racist. Yeah. Uh, just because you have a black friend or you have an African American does not mean that you are not racist. Well, I don't think um, Christian was talking about just the photos. He was talking no, about but his that's, club but that, was, but that was his point. His point was he did oh, use them as he examples. Used them as examples of oh Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson's In addition Jesse Jackson, to no, the Jesse Jackson, club that yes. could have followed suit with all the what? other local businesses that don't accept black. And juice. That but, was his point. Yes. So don't try to pin yeah, it on just the photos. Well, but he well, would say that was a business opportunity. Right. Nobody else. And is he said that before. People. He has said way, it was a business opportunity to accept those people. Our, and of course, he doesn't want to get our sued. Our friend in the times. chat room, Kimberly Kurzatowski, one of our favorites, says admitting a mistake Hello, is what an adult K. does. Throwing a tantrum and yelling wrong is what a toddler wrong. does. Thank you, the other Kim K. As, <laughs> Thank or, you for as, that, I've, as I have told you on Twitter, you're the only Kim K that I care about. I don't care <laughs> yes. about the other one is the right. other Kim K as far as I'm concerned. But I think there are going to be a lot of people who haven't really followed the media, who haven't really followed the news so closely, but tune in for tonight's big debate. And they do hear and see with their own eyes Hillary Clinton say, I made a mistake about those emails. And then that thing well, in the back of their hand that they heard about Hillary Clinton in these emails and they see it. I thought Christian had a valid point for that because there's going to be a but lot see, of voters. Here's the thing. I like, don't think wow, that you're really? going to get a single person in America. The, the news had almost almost 300 days of straight talking about Hillary Clinton's emails this year, the, in the past year. So I don't think that there's a person in America who has not heard the email story. So that is just, that is baloney. I, as, uh, I actually think it helps to Joe say Biden that it's a say. mistake because it's an attempt to put it behind you. you right. know, it's, in my mind, saying, yes, I did it, it was a mistake, is probably something she should not even probably, she have to say she should have. Yeah, she should have said it a long time ago, and I guess she has, but saying it now yeah. is, is the key point. And before I go to Scott, it looks like Chelsea is itching to say something. Yes, so please. If hang I on, S-Man. Sorry, Scott. No um, worries. Just really fast, about the, because the, we're on the issue of race. He said that he settled those lawsuits that were filed against him in the 70s because of racial discrimination right. without admitting guilt. And just as a lawyer, I just want to put out there that most claims that are settled settle without an admission of wrongdoing. That's just how it's done. So, for example, Wells Fargo recently paid a $185 million fine for fraudulently opening up 200 uh, million accounts without their customers knowing. They paid that fine of 185 without admitting wrongdoing. Uh, But you... Clearly. We'll take it back, Wells Fargo, if you want to be a sponsor. Anyway, back to you. Absolutely not. I don't think so. I will. Don't listen to her. So, but I just want to say that the, the part about settling a, a lawsuit without admission of guilt doesn't really tell us anything about whether he was, in fact, guilty or not of the behavior yeah, that he was Hillary sued for. Hillary Clinton made it sound like he was the only one, his real estate firm was the only He's one that was being sued. the only one running for right. president Hundreds, right maybe now. maybe thousands of that firms. In that, it, was a, it was a class action lawsuit. It wasn't just a Trump lawsuit. Many, many, many other companies were sued, and in, in, in this. But how lawsuit. many other people? Does that make so it okay that, that he gets point, sued? How no, many, it doesn't how many make it other okay, people? But that doesn't make it 
what Hillary Clinton was pointing that it was just Trump's real estate. Was, this was a debate between, to do with anything, right? And this was a debate between Donald yeah, Trump. Does. This is a debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. A lot Donald of people Tr- murder, so if I murder you, it's not that big of a deal because millions of people get murdered across the you time. You heard it here first. Chelsea's going to kill was, Stephen. Clinton was just making it sound like it was only Trump that was doing because, because she's talking Trump about is running for president. Trump versus Hillary, not Hillary versus the world of racists. I just think that you got to look into it a little bit more. Drexel, get out one more point before we go to Scott. I was going to say, as usual, uh, Stephen likes to point out that other people are wrong. Other people also, are racist, so it's not that so big of a deal that Trump, Trump is. Trump. Uh, that's so, actually not what I said at all. But that's basically what I you're getting at. That's basically what you're getting at. So you think Hillary Clinton's going to stand up there and say, oh, and this person, and this person, and this person, they all did wrong, and Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the one running for president. No, she can make it sound like what it was. She can make it sound like Exactly what it was, that other companies were involved in, that it wasn't just Trump's real estate. True or false? He was sued for this racial discrimination. True. So then why talk about anything okay. else? Thank why you. I never denied It's a great question. Let's, Let's, not, talk about anything Let's not talk about it anymore because <laughs> what we have to talk about is someone who is guilty, guilty of not being here tonight. Scott Moore, what did you think of the debate tonight? I'm guilty because I didn't want to wear a suit and tie. Yeah, no, that <laughs> makes sense, actually. Don't worry. Uh, we have shorts on under here. Or do we? Wink, hey. wink. What's up, Scott? What'd you think, uh, man? Guys, well, guys... Just to tell you, I mean, I'm watching this from from Southwest Florida, one of the most Republican areas of, of, of the state tonight. So I, I I'm sorry. infiltrated enemy ground. Um, <laughs> you know, you could have brought a better phone over to Christian Cribb's house. That probably would have helped. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead, Scott. <laughs> Seriously, um, but look, there are just so many things to say about uh, a lot of the things that Trump said. But let's just be honest. Like Hillary Clinton, clearly, without a doubt, won that debate tonight. Hmm. Wiped the floor with him. Uh, no, with the mop on his head. Mute the debate. <laughs> if you were to just if, if you were to just mute the debate and and watch the body language and everything else and, and the optics as uh, the political pundits like to, to throw out there, um, she clearly won it. Um, she came poised. She looked good. She uh, was even keeled. She was had her facts down. She did not interrupt. And then you see on the other side with Trump, he he looked angry. He interrupted multiple times. He kept saying wrong. He even was rude towards uh, Lester Holt. Uh, he said a lot of things that just made no sense. He was incoherent a lot of the times. I, I just, if I was an undecided voter watching the first debate tonight, it would have been very tough for me to somehow think that I would now be more inclined to vote for, for Trump. And unlike what uh, Christian just said, or uh, the polls of all, the media polls have all moved back towards uh, Clinton, including the swing state polls. And um, definitely was a, was a clear win for her tonight. Uh, it's an interesting, some interesting points that you made there, Scott. Uh, one of the tactics that I thought that Hillary employed well was to make him start asking follow-up questions and then not answer him because that sort of goes to what I said earlier. Anything you do that really annoys him is it just it builds. Like he, you know, he's constantly ready to explode at any moment. And if you make him keep asking the same question each time, it's a lot of it's a lot of like. Why don't you talk about this? But why don't you talk about it's like it's sort of to Kim K's the real Kim K's point that it is kind of like having a child in that sense. And I'm not saying he came off like a child throughout the whole debate, but those moments. Uh, well, he did where, at some point. Sure, sure, but the moments where he's you know talking over her, and some of them were were decent one-liners and moments that people really responded to. Wrong. You know when he says, when he just said some wrongs. Well, he did that. He did a wrong. He said a why not. You know he did some of those. And that's all right. But when you're just sort of pestering her and asking the same question, the best thing for her to do is to not answer because it bothered him so much. And clearly that was part of the debate preparation was the more you can get him legitimately annoyed, the more success you're going to have because it'll it'll just throw him off. And uh, I don't know. I found that to be uh, very interesting. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about Lester Holt because that came up. I actually thought this was one of the better – debate moderator uh, he was one of the better deba- debate moderators easy for me to say <laughs> he was one of the better debate moderators that I'd seen in a while uh, I always thought Jim Lehrer did a good job but the last time around we saw a lot of yeah. bad ones I thought uh, Candy Crowley was terrible She not only wasn't she good but she mm-hmm. fact checked Mitt Romney incorrectly fact checked him so mm-hmm. uh, to have Lester basically stay out of the way I think that was that was good don't try and get your format in there and like, no, we have to move on now. It's been 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Debate moderators who really enforce the rules, 
annoy the candidates, but annoy everybody watching. It's like, no, let them talk about these things. And I think that Lester would give them a few extra minutes, and then eventually he's like, all right, now you guys are talking in circles. Let's move on for real. And then usually there was one more thing from me, one more thing from you know the other, the one. other one, and then he does move on. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's some things that they didn't get to that he tried to get to, right. but neither one of them really talked about it. So uh, I don't know. I thought he right. did a good job. Uh, Brenda Dolmus says poor Lester didn't get a word in, but here's the thing. I'm glad he didn't get a word. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't you know, a Lester show. Him. Yeah, he... it's not about him, and he realized that. Yeah. Uh, Matt Lauer thought it was, was about him. Was terrible <laughs> when he did that. We talked about it here on the show. Right. That uh, what was that called? The Commander in Chief yep. Town Chief Hall or Forum? Yeah. forum. Yeah. And you know he he's Matt Lauer's there to be a celebrity. Lester Holt's there to just kind of move a, a news story along. So I think Lester Holt, yeah, just sitting back and letting them two yeah. go back and forth at each other was exactly what the audience wants to see. And in doing so, each candidate also kind of spun out of the original question and started talking about other issues and started talking about other glimpses of their policies and stuff in it. So, in yeah. a sense, you were able to kind of cover a lot by just stepping back, but it was nice to kind of have him kind of reeled in. Yeah, there were definitely moments so. where he, I was like, good, I'm glad he's finally stepped in here. Yeah, keep um, it moving. What did, uh, Chelsea, what did you think of the job that Lester Holt did? I totally agree with you. I'm glad that he didn't stick to the rules altogether, although I would have liked it for to somehow, like, black out or just stop when somebody's just, like, droning on and on and on with just not anything of substance, but just sort of like attack and annoying comments. Yeah, in the past they've had debates where there's sort of like a lighting system that when you have 15 seconds left and when the light's out, you know, you should stop. It didn't really work, but if you have some sort of thing like, you know, you're way over your time. And, uh, you know, I mean, they both did it. They both talked past their time. Was two minutes too long to respond? I, mean, uh, I think so. I think I think to to give them two minutes for their first statement on Not a topic I think was rebuttal. good. But then after that, yeah, I don't Cut think anybody should have bit, gotten... Right? Yeah, I, I definitely a lot more. agree with that. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah. Scott, as you watched from uh, from beautiful uh, Florida, uh, what uh, what were some of the other things that struck you about the debate? Well, I was going to say a couple things that I agreed with. I do. I, I think Lester Holt did a really good job. There were a few times, especially in the beginning, that I think he waited too long, though, to get back into it, to where it was sort of like what happened to him. Um, I think, you know, the, he has a very tough job. It, it's hard to balance that moderating job because, like everyone was saying, if you – if you interact too soon, you're going to kind of piss off the audience at home. It's going to be irritating to listen to. But if you're a little bit too long, and he did that a few times, it's sort of like, wait, 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 where, where is he to kind of rein it back in? Um, I do agree two minutes for a response was too long. I think a minute for a response would have been good. Um, but I think overall, like I was saying earlier, I think just a lot of Trump's responses were, were just not making any sense. I mean, if you were to sit there, and I even tweeted this out, I mean, I, I, I said I gave a Trump credit for bringing full-time jobs to fact-checkers because there was just a lot of stuff there. <laughs> he was saying... Even Stephen chuckled at that one on the inside. He was just bringing up a lot of stuff that just, you know, throwing in Rosie O'Donnell at the end, talking yeah. about... Right. Well, know, we'll, get, we yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. And, he was and forced Scott, to. Scott, I'm sorry, your, your time is up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, speaking of fact check, fact checking, uh, we did a little fact checking here because uh, you know uh, Lester, we Holt, like facts. Lester Holt wasn't there to do fact checking <laughs> as Hillary the Trump found campaign out. didn't want them to. Well, uh, yeah, but I, it also wasn't his job, so I'm glad he didn't. Uh, Hillary Clinton said that uh, crime has continued to go down in New York City under uh, Mayor Bill De Blasio. I was surprised to hear that, and I looked it up. Uh, it's up this year for the year, but it's down recently. So anyone who says one yeah. is right, well, anyone who well, says the other is also right. If you, the way I understand it's broken down is like more the violent crime, murders right. down, property-related right. crimes up. So that's why both can be... Well, yeah, right. that, that, so I thought that was one that stood out to me out of, mm-hmm. out of all the things that I wanted to check. And I'm like, all right, well, they're they're sort of... Both right, I guess. It depends on how you look at it. But, but the, the, the stop and frisk. Yes, as I know the, you wanted to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, this right. is an, another point that I just wanted to jump in as a, a lawyer on is that it is true that as of right now, the highest court in the land to have ruled on this issue has said it's unconstitutional. Trump can't undo that just because he doesn't agree with it. The U.S. Supreme Court has not ruled on it, just a, a lower uh, federal circuit uh, court has. But we don't know what would have happened if it had been appealed all the way to the Supreme Court. 
depends if, you know, maybe right. Scalia but, was alive or not. But the fact of the matter is that that's what happened. And, so. and the point that, you know, Trump is like, well, that's not true. It's not unconstitutional. It just makes me think that he's running for, like, dictator and not president <laughs> because he doesn't understand that that's he not... He may be. I don't, I don't, I can't say, I don't have that fact in front of me that he's not running for dictator. I haven't checked so it. That, so yeah. that just doesn't... Um, really makes sense. And when the question was about how do you heal the racial divide in America, and your go-to answer is um, increased stop and frisk, law and order, and I was endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police, um, that's not healing the racial divide in America. That's picking a side and drawing a line in the sand. But he also said that he agreed with Hillary Clinton. I agree with you on, on, on everything you just said in regards to the stop and frisk thing, but he also said in regards to agreeing with Hillary Clinton that there has to be better relationships with the police and the communities. There has to be more police. We have to well, watch I, people on the well, no-fly list and the watch list. We have to watch well, these people I, and make it know, harder for them to get a gun. I do want to get and then to he agreed with Hillary Clinton Clinton at a time on uh, her gun control. So, so that's I was I, just, I thought it was interesting that she mentioned that. Uh, that she mentioned the idea of, you know, having background checks on terrorists, you know, who want to try and get guns. I thought it was kind of a great way for her to sort of take away a big topic, which is this whole idea of she's soft on terrorism and she also wants to take everybody's guns away. So you kind of wrap it all up inside of I want to take guns away from terrorists. And I thought it, it was a good way to kind of disarm that issue. And then Trump went and agreed with her. And I was just like, well, see, so it sort of evened out. I thought that they both handled that very well. Can I just I say that I was very uh, disappointed in both of the candidates. I was, I would have hoped from, from Hillary a little bit more that she would have said, well, reducing or I'm not re- take that back. Ending the war on drugs would be a huge way to bridge the way the, the racial divide and the way that the justice system treats blacks and Hispanics because the war on drugs has been sort of the fuel to the fire of mass incarceration. Mm. And, and of the private our, prisons. And she talked. She touched she on that. But the, the war prisons, on yeah. drugs is a much uh, bigger... The, the war on drugs has yeah. fed the private prisons. So I'm really disappointed that neither candidate has suggested, entertained, discussed uh, either even rescheduling, descheduling things, you know, like marijuana that mm-hmm. is pretty, I mean... Safe. I'm just going to come out and, yeah. and say that that would have been a really good thing for yeah. any one of them to say. And bummed that they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drexel, I know you were trying to get in before. <laughs> um, I'll blame Scott for talking. No, so much. it's totally no, fine. We'll get back Scott's to not here. Scott. I've been on that side before where I'm just calling in. It's very hard to uh, get a word in. Um, listen, I think that there were some because um, I did. I talked. We talked about Lester Holt. He was fine. Whatever. You know, it's Lester Holt is not the Lester Holt show. Um, but at the beginning of the debate, Donald Trump talked a lot about economic policy and I thought right. he was I thought he was solid for a Republican on economic policy but as Hillary Clinton pointed out Republican what did she call it Trump trumped up, trickle trumped down, up trickle down um, which by the way was what uh, she thought was going to be like a line that really responded well and maybe it's because like she was just like right I call it trumped up economics and then it's like chirp right chirp. Trying to bait well I mean it yeah. was almost like Donald Trump pointing out the 30 years I mean it's yeah. just it's just not true um, but trumped up economic I mean trickle down economics is obviously not good economic policy it hasn't it we've um, all decided we've all we've all realized that trickle down theory does not work everybody agrees on it but uh, to, we, you know, we but, were talking about. Uh, I'll just borrow a line from Bill Maher about trickle down economics. They're literally saying that they're pissing on you. But anyway, back to uh, your that's point, Trixel. Um, yeah. He's a comedian. So, I hope I that's mean, funny. <laughs> in terms of the debate in general, because we were talking about the debate, if we're going to talk about policy, as soon as the economic section was over, mm-hmm. there was no policy from Donald Trump. There was no policy on, as Chelsea brought up, the racial divide. There was no policy on battling ISIS. Every time that he talked about, every time he talked about battling ISIS, he talked about what kind of endorsement he got. Like he got from ICE. You can't get an endorsement from ICE. He did talk but, about ISIS but, policy a little bit in terms of having NATO start a terrorist organization, a, a terror task. You're talking. He was about, the one who. He wasn't the he one, was the one that, that started. He that. wasn't the one that started anything. They don't. He was the not, one that started NATO talking about not, it. And then NATO what he said listening. when they came out on the New York let Times me, and said NATO is going to now bring. Let up me bring a, Scott in here. Man 80, by the way, on Twitter. And uh, your uh, thoughts about uh, the the policy sort of discussion. Do you agree with Drexel that it, at a certain point it, it did sort of fall off and we didn't get that much more policy, at least uh, oh. out of Donald Trump? Yeah. Ab- ab- no, absolutely. I think the, the, the very beginning for him was strong, minus the, the snorting, whatever was going on with him <laughs> physically, as he talks about Hillary Clinton or stamina. But besides that, yes, he started off very strong. He had pretty good... Um, 
points when it came to the Republicans' uh, talking points on, on the economy. But then after that point on, he, he basically fell off the rails and it just became a, a runaway train as we went further along in the, in the debate. And again, some of these polls are – the instant polls are, are starting to prove – that that was the case, that he just came across really, really poorly as, as we uh, went on. Especially when he started talking about obese people. Oh, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, I, when, when he talked about what when he talked that? about how some hackers are 400, 400 pound pounds person in sitting bed. in bed. Yeah. Uh, that? At that point, he not only lost the hacker vote, but I feel like he lost the nerd vote, and uh, I'm going to do some research on that. I don't because know what that <laughs> was like a third of the country being that, overweight right? uh, yeah. and some really high percentage being o- obese. I'm not a good move. But there was a couple other really concerning points that Donald Trump brought up today. The fact that he talked about the NRA being good people. Uh, very concerning. I mean, I think that people who people. are members of the uh, the NRA, I'm not talking about the organizers, I think people that are card-carrying NRA members are good people. They have beliefs that may be different than yours. Right. But I'm it's saying, very I'm important saying, But today. I'm talking about the organization. Okay. Not necessarily the members. My dad was a member of the NRA at one point because he was a military guy. You know, so at some point, there are good people who believe in owning a gun. But the NRA as an organization okay. has always been and continues to be a terrorist organization in the United States. So, so, uh, Drexel Heard at Drexel Heard just said that. I <laughs> but, didn't say it. Stephen didn't say it. The NRA is the one that doesn't want that no-fly right. list, no-buy right. guy so, thing. Where, where Trump agrees with Hillary Clinton as he did about four or five times tonight. So maybe he should just vote for in general. Well, but the other part of that yeah. was he always brings up the <laughs> Republicans love war crimes because this is the second or third time that Donald Trump has brought up taking oil from other countries. You don't just go in and just take the oil. That's just I did not think it was interesting that, that he, he said, you know, we should have taken that oil. Like, that should not be the oil. I'm like, really? We should have taken yeah, it? Yeah, let's just um, do that. You but the do most that. surprising thing he did, and, you know, we, it, we, t- we, we should just say that it is accepted that it is a war crime to do such a thing. Um, he doesn't I, understand war. I, I don't understand war, war or crimes, but I know you're talking about Trump. I would what say about that the just mo- protecting it from ISIS coming and getting it. Uh, that's not what he said. said. If you ran I, for president, maybe we <laughs> could talk about that. But that's not what you're. Right. When are you running for president, Stephen? <laughs> Please time never. From now. Okay. Long time. Uh, so I think we alluded to it briefly, uh, but I do want to talk about him, Donald Trump. He's the him bringing up. Anything to do with the birth certificate is a huge mistake because it is, as I said, as I said to Christian Cribs, not myself, that it just it highlights sort of the fringe element to his campaign and those things. And yes, you know he's very proud of it. And by bringing that up, it's just it's just reminding people like, oh yeah, yeah, I had all these reasons why I didn't like him. He he has this issue, and it is you know tied into the racial issue. I. I think it wasn't smart, but he missed sort of like a great opportunity. When Hillary said that cybersecurity was one of the biggest problems facing us, how does he not make a reference to her emails and cybersecurity? <laughs> That's like such an easy layup. Oh, I was man. chatting with a friend, uh, my friend Jason Blair, who probably isn't watching because he gets very upset because we don't agree with his politics as a whole. But if he's watching, I'm giving you credit for that. Mm-hmm. And it's a great point. I hadn't thought of it myself but I was just like, yeah, that's a perfect opportunity. Hold to, on, does Ch- you know, Chelsea, do you get paid $6 million a year? Oh, Chelsea Clinton. Yeah. I was like, Chelsea? If Chelsea Galicia gets million paid $6 million like, Give a year. some of that money. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk. I, but I, I don't know, I thought it was interesting. And yes, you know, he does bring up the, the emails later, but it was a great way. You look, it's all about bringing things up in sound biteable ways. I know that's not really a word, but, yeah. you know, ways that can be isolated into whatever the audio equivalent of 140 characters is, whether it's 20 seconds or 30 seconds. And she had a few of those. He had a couple. You know, he got he got some rounds of applause. She got some rounds of applause. And for the most part, that's probably, you know, any brief news story that's not in-depth that covers this debate, it's going to have those. It's going to have those takeaways. And, you know, he had some opportunities, but he was getting too upset. Right. She was really flustering right. him. And towards the end of the debate, because we can swear here, he was really taking 10 pounds of shit and putting it into an 8-pound <laughs> bag. He was just like, and what about this? Thought, yeah, and don't forget about this. No, but, I mean, but right, I, yeah, but he should have seen Trump off things, the handle. Yeah, and so he did not. And I don't think no, we saw yeah, that tonight. He did not. I think, I think he did. I think, here's right, the thing. Exactly. I think there's low a, there's, bar. There's, low there's, bar. Yes, really low bar. I think there's a couple things. I think that he watched I think that he watched the Rick Lazio debate and they really na- r- drilled him on the Rick Lazio debate. Like, you are standing next to Hillary Clinton. She's been through this ringer before. This is how she won this debate last time. Do not go nuclear. 
yet. All right. I also think that when they do talk more about national security, I think they will prep him a little bit more on the email scandal because I think that is that will be a strong Republican talking point when it comes to that. Agreed. But I think that the line of the night or the moment of the night where which was which is what this election really is about is the fact that Hillary Clinton said that uh, Trump criticized me for preparing for this debate you know I also prepared uh, you know what I also prepared for uh, is being president. president so and I think that Trump is no applause for that line by the way and, 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 but, 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 but there's not supposed to be not any supposed applause. To be applause that was the rule there was, applause a, there was applause from I actually the, think there was the applause, there was applause was sampled by CNN oh I don't right, think well, applause, we'll talk about there was an applause from the American people but I think that is what is going to win the election when people actually go to the polls. Who is more prepared to be president of the United States? And at the end of the day, the American people know that the one, there's only one candidate that is prepared to be president. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Jill Stein. I, uh, I actually wanted to bring something to uh, Scott. Uh, Scott, what did you think about the way uh, Donald Trump handled Lester Holt's question about saying that Hillary doesn't have the, the look to be president, and he tried to turn it around and say stamina. Lester didn't really let him off the hook on that. Or the Iraq War vote. Right, but let's just stick on that one for a moment because it was alluded to earlier <laughs> in the show. Uh, what did you think about the way that you know Lester Holt didn't let him off the hook and the way that uh, Trump was really determined to be like, no, I didn't say that, I said stamina, which I guess I guess he had. Uh, what are your thoughts, Scott? Well, I mean, he... He didn't. He he didn't say that. He just he kept repeating at the time that that, that she didn't have the look originally. She, right. she didn't have the look that was presidential. And um, you know, again, that that's just code for that that she's a woman and uh, that she's not capable. And then when he tried to turn around about the stamina because he was talking about her health, well, it just didn't look well today because you know she looked healthy. She was in control, whereas he was sniffling the whole time. And yeah, I thought he was at a. I thought, he, I thought he was at a at a party at Gordon Gecko's house. I don't understand why he was <laughs> sniffing so that's much. That's a code so reference, it, Stephen. Just I'm aware. A <laughs> but that's the, this is the second time. This is the second time. <laughs> I like. This is like the, no, I know. This is the second time that I Donald. I didn't, Trump, I didn't really hear him sniffling. Uh, yeah, no, it was a lot. It stopped, but it was almost like it was almost like Hillary coughing, but he was sniffling. I felt like, but I do need to move on to an important point that sort of ties into this because we do only have uh, five minutes, believe it or not. Uh, So, uh, as uh, Hillary went on to point out that uh, Donald Trump has called women uh, pigs, slobs, and dogs, and he refuted her point about women in the workforce, and I I did look it up on PolitiFact, he did indeed in a 2004 interview with NBC's Dateline say, quote, pregnancy is a wonderful thing for the woman, it's a wonderful thing for the husband, it's certainly an inconvenience for a business, and he said more beyond that. So So, yes, go ahead. As the only woman, I guess we'll let you talk about this. Thank you. Um, The thing that this pointed out for me was that there is in our system this two sides uh, you're either good at business or you're you behave well for your country. So the, this came up sort of as a theme that I saw with uh, Trump and his taxes, which I think he kind of admitted to not paying federal taxes because then he came in so and said, smart. And "That's he, he good, didn't business. Pay smart. good business." He's yeah. so, so smart. So it seems like yeah, he paid zero percent. So so it's like he was he's being like you know hailed as like a good businessman for not paying any taxes and I think Hillary rightly pointed out that maybe we're not doing so well and we're a third world country now right. uh, because he's not paying taxes while then condemning NATO for not fa- paying their fair share. And I, Anyways, but the, my my point that I want to make very quickly is that it is not good that our system is set up so that you are either a good business person or behave well for your country. Absolutely. He has no sense of responsibility or obligation to his country, citizens, contractors, anybody but, he, but himself, his businesses, I and his like family. I feel like Trump is very pro-business, and he said that tonight but, when he talked about jobs and lowering the business so, tax, when he talked about nuclear, I, how we're we only have a few all these countries and no one's paying us. I think he's using I, I, a lot I, of was, I was going to say, um, you know, Donald Trump talks a lot about law and order, but he spent a lot of time talking about how he skirted the law. So, and that's, that's or something used that, or use the law to his advantage. Hurt or, other or hurt other people. Or be a businessman. So, where the country is, doesn't trust big business right now in general, that is something that should be concerning to the Bernie Sanders supporters, to the Jill Stein supporters, to Democrats and in general, and to the American people. And to get on Hillary about her experience. Right. When he has experience of filing for bankruptcy, when right. he has experience of ripping people off, when he has experience of not paying ripping taxes. Ripping people off, not paying contractors, yes. Using the laws, not so much. So, He's using so, the laws. So at the end of the not day, paying people for jobs that they did and that you 
agreed upon either well, verbally and, and or in a contract. And that was the thing, because what he said okay. was, maybe I didn't pay him because he didn't do a good job. I'm fairly <laughs> sure that, that that's not be, the way that that, that, that could works. Be in the right. It could be in the contract, or, but it or, probably that, isn't. I'm flipping a house right now, and if my contractors do not do what we approve, they, I mean, I pay them upon job completion. You heard it here first. Stephen Homecamp's a slumlord. And then what he does is he leverages, he's like, well, I'm going to pay you one-sixth of what I owe you, and if you want the rest, you got to come sue me, and I'm going to bury you and pay for it. Other than other than the than the than the monstrosity that was Donald Trump tonight, there were a couple of points that I thought that he should not have brought up. A his temperament. Yep. Talking about the, talking about the fact close, that, yeah. that his temperament was his strongest asset, which is I, not true. But he also brought up the fact he also always brings up China and Mexico, knowing that most of his manufacturing is going to those two countries. He started the debate talking about his weakness and ended the debate talking about his weakness. So that is. If he wanted to be a good leader, he should have set the stage and been the one person that didn't ship jobs out to, to Mexico in or our, China. In our final two minutes, I here. want to give some more time to uh, Scott Moore, who's been hanging on patiently, and uh, we, we <laughs> I hope we've given you a fair shake. Uh, yeah, I was going to yeah. uh, ask you about what Drexel said, so we'll kind of let you have the last word here, Scott. Uh, about pointing out his temperament, that seems just like you know, pointing out, bringing up the the birth certificate issue. You're calling attention to something that no one was talking about, and you're like, hey, I'm better at this thing that everybody knows that I'm not better at. I don't have a good temperament. Uh, You know, I mean, I I feel like, you know, Trump supporters, Mr. Cribs might disagree, but was it a mistake to bring up that particular issue, especially towards the end of the debate where it kind of was a big takeaway for people, Scott? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I I mean, again, it was sort of like he was um, kicking himself while he was down. It's like, let me just keep bringing up the things that clearly were not his strong suits, and he kept saying that. And it's just, it, it came across silly and childish because, of course, him screaming that he has the better temperament while she's standing there, not responding, not going yeah. to play his to his game was was ridiculous. He, he shouldn't have done that. The only good thing for him is he's got two more debates to improve yeah. upon this. So, you know, it's one of the things that and people I, can I, forget I do very, think, very quickly. I do think he did not, uh, he did not handle it well, uh, the uh, tax return issue. He talked like oh, somebody who has something to hide. But we don't have, <laughs> we, uh, we don't have anything to hide, but we are out of time, no. unfortunately. And we have another debate to talk about next Tuesday. It's the vice president. Oh, the yeah. vice presidential Seriously. debate will be next Tuesday. We'll be on at 8 p.m. 11 uh, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. So we'll be reacting to that for the man on the phone, Scott Moore at S Man 80 for uh, Christian Cribs, who I don't remember what he was, but he, I feel like he's at Christian Cribs for Chelsea Galicia, at Chelsea Galicia, Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd. Stephen Helmkamp at Stephen Helmkamp. I'm Christian Black at Christian DMZ. We will see you next Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Pacific, right after the vice presidential debate. Thanks, everybody. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.